Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Take 30 podcast. I'm your host, Heather Harrison. Today, we have quite a few stories to talk about. So first, we're going to talk about business booming in West Point. We'll have reporter Molly Kate Keeley join us on the show to talk about the new spots opening up in town. And then later, we'll talk to reporter Jake Moore about the history of the drill field. Just some fun facts in case you guys didn't know. So why is West Point a popular place to start a business? Why are we seeing this boom after the pandemic? Molly Kate is going to share with us what she found out. All right, now on the show we have Molly Kate Keeley who went to West Point to talk to local business owners about how business is booming in the city. So Molly, thank you for coming on the show today. Yeah, sure, thanks for having me. Of course. So what new businesses are coming to West Point and kind of what's the appeal of moving there? Yeah, so of course the Yokohama plant came to West Point a little while ago and with that you're seeing people coming in. Uh, I know they have a new McAllister's, there's uh, a Checkers there too. So. A lot of new like restaurants uh, but yeah it's all on Highway 45 I think and it's just nice shiny new businesses so super cool. Yeah so who did you interview from the city uh, who told you kind of about some more information? Yeah so I interviewed with Lisa Klutz she's the director of community development with the Growth Alliance and uh, she told me a little bit about how the community is being affected with all these new businesses. Okay, so new jobs coming in, things like that. Yeah, so with every new business comes uh, new opportunities for the community. And I was surprised to hear that people aren't moving to West Point, but it's actually residents who are there, and they're getting the new jobs. So that's nice. Uh, You know, of course, people could move in, but... Uh, it's nice that the residents there are getting those jobs, too. Yeah, just providing more jobs. So the Yokohama plant's a big deal. Did they say anything about how many jobs were provided there? Uh, they haven't, but I did hear that a lot of the people who are living there, they did take those jobs. So That's very good to hear. How does this affect the city as a whole, having these new businesses come into town um, and kind of take their place? Yeah, so like you said, people are getting those jobs. And also, new shops are coming up, so it's... Uh, circulating revenue. Uh, Lisa said something about the taxes are being affected or something like that. Yeah, so more people coming in or more businesses means that maybe more money is being spent inside the town, so creating more revenue for the city itself as well. Yeah. So what new business is coming into town? The floral shop that you talked about? Mm-hmm. They actually just reopened since COVID. Okay. But they're having, they're seeing a lot of uh, local business, um, people coming in to support their business. And um, Scott Reed, he's the owner of Pedal Pushers. He said they are pleasantly surprised with people coming in to support them. They've had a big growth since uh, reopening from COVID. Okay, that's good to hear, especially since COVID, a lot of business business was not happening. People had to close down, but I guess they're one of the businesses that quit and then came back again. Do you think that's common, um, people kind of giving you a second chance after the pandemic has kind of ended a little bit? Yeah, I think that's happening a lot, but it's also nice to see that the people of the community are supporting them. You know, rather than staying with going to Amazon and ordering everything from there, they're coming back to these mom-and-pop shops and uh, supporting them. So that's nice, I thought. Yeah. So you said a new Pizza Hut, a new Checkers. Yeah. Are people really excited about these new fast food places? I think so. So the Checkers is there and it's all bright and shiny. They're actually making a new Pizza Hut. So they're building uh, the Pizza Hut there. So it's not quite ready yet, but Checkers is uh, going. So 
buffet style Pizza Hut or just the regular? I don't know. I guess we'll have to see. We'll take a trip and go together. Let's yeah, do we that. should. That'd be fun. I feel like they probably won't do buffets anymore. Oh, yeah. Probably not. Yeah, with COVID. That's so nostalgic, though. Yeah, true. It was so fun to go in there. Yeah, childhood memories, you know. Uh, apparently, Pizza Hut back in the day used to be like the number one buyer of kale because they put it in like their little displays on the buffet. Oh, yeah, just for decoration? Yeah, yeah. so most of the kale in the world was not going to be eaten. It was just going to be to decor. That's funny. Yeah. Do you have anything else that you would like to add about West Point and businesses? It was really fun going around. Uh, the people were really nice. Uh, Lisa said they do the Prairie Arts Festival. She's... Um, she helps with that, so that's a big thing in West Point, and also Wisteria, so in my news package, I bring up Wisteria. It's uh, not blooming right now, but it's still there. Um, so yeah, they're rich in history, too. I mean, of course, you know, being in the South, they uh, have a lot of history and everything like that. They do a lot with railroads, mm-hmm. so yeah, really cool little town, uh, and it was fun getting to go around and go into a new community this week, so... Do you think West Point could be following a similar trajectory to Starkville with how we've seen a lot of businesses come here in the past few years? Yeah, I think they're growing. I'm not sure if they'll ever get as big because they don't have a college, of course. I feel like the college here really does help us. But, yeah, they've got a lot of businesses coming in. So I don't know if you'd call it a threat, but they're growing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for coming on the show today, Molly Kate. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Before Jake comes on the show, I have some quick hit news. So Hurricane Ian hit the southwest coast of Florida on Wednesday, and it left millions without power and water. There's footage of people having to be rescued by boats and helicopters, and they're just trapped in this water, and it's flooding really badly. And so people have had to move to a safer location. And now the hurricane is moving toward north and south Carolina now as a Category 1. It picked up some steam in the Atlantic Ocean. So our thoughts are with those in North Carolina and the areas that will be affected. At this time, I don't know what's happening. But by the time you're listening to the podcast, I'm sure we'll have some more information out there. But just stay safe as hurricane season continues to ramp up. People are losing their lives. It's really sad to see. So make sure that you're prepared properly before a storm. Make sure you're checking the weather and just staying aware. Speaking of weather, Octavia County issued a burn ban on Thursday. The Mississippi Emergency Management Agency said wildfires would spread really fast on Thursday. The ban is over now, but it still is some food for thought. With wildfires happening all over the country, especially over out west, there's always talk about wildfires. It's important to remember fire safety and just being careful whenever you have a fire, not letting it go out of hand and making sure that if you do need to burn a lot of leaves or anything like that or have a bonfire that you're checking in with the EMA and making sure that it's okay for you to start a fire because sometimes of the year it gets really dry and it's not exactly the best conditions for you to start a fire because it could get out of hand very quickly. So make sure that you're checking in with your local agencies to see if there's a burn ban or not as we're heading into bonfire and fall season. Speaking of fall season, the weather is finally starting to feel like fall. I've been enjoying these cooler mornings and evenings, and my dog has been too. We love spending time together outside when the weather is nice. It's really nice to sit outside and read a book and just chill. I have a hammock chair, and you can lean back and just 
can rock yourself like a baby almost. It's really nice. So I'll just lay in that and my dog will lay in the sun and we just vibe. I live by a lake, so it's really nice, peaceful view. So I'd highly recommend stepping outside for a few minutes each day, soaking in the sun, going on a little walk because it's good for both your mental and physical health. It always makes me feel better and it changes the output of my day when I spend time outside. That's just something I always have to do. That's my duty as a person is just spend time outside for your mental health. So I'd urge you to do that, especially if you have a dog. They love spending time outside. They love spending time with you. So might as well just make it a big old bonus for your furry friend. So September 15th through October 15th is Hispanic Heritage Month. There's a lot of festivities happening throughout the month. The Latino Student Association has already put on several events, including Salsa on the Streets, and they have quite a few more lined up for the rest of the month. So for more information, you can check out msstate underscore hcdc on Instagram. And homecoming is this Saturday, October the 8th. MSU is playing the University of Arkansas at 11 a.m. I know a lot of people are not happy about the 11 a.m. game time, but we got to get out there and support our dogs. There's a lot of events going on this week as well, so make sure you check out at MSU underscore SA on Instagram for more information. There's going to be a carnival on Monday. There's going to be breakfast with Belle, just all kinds of events. So if you're interested in that, make sure you check them out. And that's all I have for quick hit news this week. It's been quite a busy week with the hurricanes and the weather changing, but I hope that all of you are staying safe and dry and are enjoying this fall weather as much as I am. Have you ever wondered how the drill field came to be? Well, today Jake Moore is coming on the show to talk about the history of the drill field. Welcome, Jake. Hey, thanks for having me. It's good to have you on the show today. Drill field is kind of hard to say now that I'm saying it out loud, the drill field. Yeah. <laughs> I know your original story was about an event happening on the drill field, but you kind of had to recenter it around to the history of the drill field. So what's kind of some information that you found out? Yeah, so I didn't know this, but the drill field, they actually used it for like ROTC drills back in like, I don't even know, it was shortly after the university got founded. So that's how I got its name. It's because that's where the ROTC went to do their drills. So I thought that was cool. And then, you know, like little bricks on the drill field with like the names and stuff. Mm-hmm. I found out what that, that's actually the Maroon Mile. And they're trying to get like every brick on the drill field with like a special oh, name cool. or message in it. So I thought that was pretty cool too. So Maroon Mile, uh, is that like you have to donate something? And yeah, then... it's like, a, I think it's through like Alumni Association. There's more information on their website. But yeah, it's something where you donate, you have like your name or a message mm-hmm. on the brick and then it gets paved. So That's really cool. I wonder how many bricks now are have their inscriptions on them. I think so. There's like the one walkway by like Lee Hall, that mm-hmm. sidewalk. I know that has a lot. I haven't really seen a ton elsewhere, but I know they're like trying to get a lot of the drill field because I'm pretty sure it's uh, recent. Like it started not too long ago, so... Mm-hmm. It makes sense that it wouldn't be completely paved by now. So. Yeah. It would be cool to see just a timeline of starting maybe now or whenever they first started, and then in the future, maybe 10 years from now, how how much has changed. Right. Like, see how, like, if they were able to get everything paved or... Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. So with ROTC, uh, when they used to do their practices and stuff on the drill field, is that why the lines are, like, that, like, the you know, the pattern, how it is? So I... Honestly, I don't know, but that would make sense because I had a uh, picture I looked up for the video and it had them, like the lines are exactly the same as they are now. Just obviously there wasn't sidewalks, but it was like the same as it is now. And the ROTC was like out there doing their drills. 
like photographed. So I think that might be, but I can't say for sure. I've seen ROTC do their drills in the commuter east parking lot. Do you know where they do them normally, or did you find that out? Um, I did not. That's I've seen them a few times actually on the drill field, like in front of either Lee or uh, the business building. I forgot the name. Sorry, McCool. McCool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I've seen them outside of Lee, outside of McCool. But they're not like doing marching drills. It's more just like I don't even know, like the yelling type stuff. <laughs> the yelling so. stuff. I don't exactly know the name of that. I apologize. But. That's okay. <laughs> That's funny. So this is kind of a broad question, but if you could estimate, how many people do you think walk through the drill field every single day? Um, that is like, so we have, what, 25,000 students here? About 23, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think probably, I would say people-wise, just including everyone, probably like there's a good amount. I'd say 10,000 is a pretty good estimate because I know like – some days I don't use the drill field, but, mm-hmm. like, when I was out there filming the other day, there were so many people. So, especially if there's, like, an event going on. Oh, yeah. There's going to be way more people because, like, oh, event, free stuff. You want to mm-hmm. go do that. So, yeah, I think a ton of people walk on the drill field. 10,000 be my guess, but. Yeah, it's definitely probably the most busy place on campus. How many events or table tables do you think happen every single week or every day at the drill field? Yeah, so uh, the other day when I was filming out there, they had, I would say they had that event going on that I was trying to cover but didn't work out. And they had like three other tables. So I think it also depends on the time of year. Mm-hmm. Like homecoming, there's going to be like a 10, 20, people. yeah, like, <laughs> and all the tables and stuff. So I would say probably 15 tables every week. Mm -hmm. or events just organizations out there getting trying to show people what they're about so oh yeah pretty much at any given time if it's during like normal hours like eight to five you can Mm -hmm. find somebody out there tabling do you think that the drill field is a central part of our campus one of the things that we're most known for yeah for sure i mean it's fairly unique honestly in my opinion because it's like Most of the academic buildings are around there, but it's also, like, the main area of campus where people will go to, like, I see people studying out there, throw football, events out there. So I would say it's a pretty iconic part of our campus, yeah. For sure. Who did you talk to to get more information from? Yeah, so I talked to a roadrunner, Eli Thurman, and he was, because the roadrunners are all, they know everything Mm -hmm. about everything on campus. So I talked to him to learn more about that. I also went on some of the websites to find out more information, but yeah. Nice, I, nice. So sounds like the drill field has a rich history. Many people probably did not know that the ROTC practiced there years ago. So I, I still wonder what they practice right? now. Right, like, yeah. I'm just going to be East curious. Lot? Like, I had never seen them in the parking lot, but that's hilarious, uh, Yeah, sometimes <laughs> if I was on campus around 6 or 7, like, leaving, they would be on the in the commuter east parking <laughs> lot. I'm like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> I mean, it's their space. <laughs> I guess as so. Well. I guess so. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. That's all I have today for the Take 30 podcast. Thank you so much to Molly, Kate, and Jake for coming on the show to talk about local businesses and the history of the drill field. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Take 30 News. You can also check out our Take 30 News live broadcast on MS State TV and our Facebook page on Fridays at 4 p.m. I hope you all enjoy this episode, and we'll be back for you next week. Bye.
Hello, Hello everyone. everyone. Well, welcome.